Hi, I'm Niv. Hi, I'm Martin. And we are Asteroids in Exile. Teach me. Welcome to episode three of our awesome podcast, Asteroids in Exile. Yes, we finally got here after months and months of planning and trying to get this to happen. <laughs> yeah, and beating technology to the punch. Oh, yeah, I feel like nothing else. was working. Cool. So what do we got on the list today? On the list is the Age of Apocalypse trailer. X-Men Age of Apocalypse, to be exact. Yeah, that should be uh, exciting. Um, Suicide Squad, Doctor Strange, and Rogue One as well. Rogue so all those trailers came out. There's a lot of trailers coming out lately. It's great. Yeah. And then, of course, I guess going to be the center point of today's episode. <laughs> Batman, Batman v Superman. Versus Superman. Now that we've both finally and potentially reluctantly watched it, <laughs> we can we can discuss that. Um, Daredevil season two also wrapped up on Netflix or dropped on Netflix and you've seen the whole thing, right? I've seen the whole thing. Yeah. Okay, cool. So have I, so that's good. And then tonight, uh, Game of Thrones, very exciting stuff indeed. And then if we have time, I guess we'll get to, um, some comic recommendations, some random discussion about toys and whatever else crosses our path. comes to mind. Yeah. All right, cool. So let's start at the top of the list then. So um, Age of Apocalypse, first trailer, the first official trailer, even though we've seen like so much random um, scenes coming out of it from the from the studio. What did you think? It looks good. Uh, I can't deny that. I, I, I dig uh, the voice they gave Apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, but it feels uh, it's somehow I, I've, I've watched it shortly before we started the podcast. And it somehow reminded me of The Last Stand, the, the third X-Men movie. It feels- yeah, that's fun. It's funny you say that because I get that vibe too. Nice. I get like X-Men The Last Stand vibe and I'm like, it's making me very nervous. Yes. Because it's got so much going on in that trailer. It's like there's so many characters, but it doesn't feel like it's got a cohesive story. Like at least Days of Future Past, which had so many characters it made sense. This one just feels like they just threw a whole bunch of stuff in and I'm afraid they're going to waste a whole lot of stuff. Just yeah. like the last stand did. Yeah, absolutely. I'm afraid they, they might do it, but it's, um, the guy who directed the first two movies, Brian Singer. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I hope he brings, you know, he, he just cut the trailer for the spectacle and we get the story when we actually watch, watch the movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've got hope that maybe Brian Singh is like, he's, he knows what he's doing. X-Men, the first one was, was all right. But the second one was, I think between the second one and Days of Future Past is kind of tied for my favorites, but I still kind of like the second one better, X2. Yeah. But Brian Singer definitely gets the X-Men. He knows how to use them. And like what we saw in Days of Future Past with the team working together as a team, playing off their powers, especially in those future sequences. Yeah. That was great. I mean, that that's great, what yeah. the X-Men are, you know, when we read the comics, that's, that's why we read the X-Men comics. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, you know, we start to see the progression towards that. So going from like the, although even now we're going to have a team that's kind of like a new batch of students, but hopefully we'll, we'll see them working together as a team 
and having a co- cohesive story and a cohesive quest that they're going on rather than just just a random assortment of battles, you know, which is what X3 was with yeah. a whole bunch of wasted, wasted storylines. Like they just wasted the Phoenix, you know, in X3. Yeah. But then X3 was, was a stunt to keep the, the franchise in, in Fox, in Fox's trenches, so to say. In Fox's clutches. Clutches, Phoenix. clutches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was Brett Ratner. Oh, dear. He's just, yeah, not not the most inspired choice, I think. No. Um, which is why, you know, Brian Singer at least can give us, you know, he's proven that he can give us what we what we want out of the X-Men. So let's just hope yeah. he can bring that um, again for, for this one. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks good. There's some parts of it that just don't make sense. Like, I don't know what's happening with the bridges and there's like buildings and cars being atomized in the trailer. Like, yeah. Is that Apocalypse? Is that Gene going Phoenix again? You know, we don't know. So that's that's exciting to sort of, to ex, you know, to think about and hope they don't mess everything up like they did last time. I guess they won't because, you know, Inhumans has been um, slated back or will be will be cancelled, the Inhumans movie. And They're going to cancel be- it? Or do they just push it back? I thought yeah, they just pushed it back. It's pushed back, but Bleeding Cool wrote uh, something about this being the first move to to elim- to push it off the the, the release slate. roster. Right. So perhaps Marvel goes shopping for the X Men. <laughs> you think they're just leaving? They're just leaving the door open. They're saying, you know what? We just we just <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna leave this slot here. <laughs> And if Fox messes up and we get it back, then we get to reboot everything. Uh, <clears throat> it'll be interesting. I mean, because they haven't really doubled down on the Inhumans, have they? It's only in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. No. At yeah, the moment, it's, it's only, not really in the movies. No. Well, not not yeah. from my point, uh, not from my knowledge. Yeah, I haven't watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. lately, like the last season. Um, There's just too much on TV to watch, so I haven't, haven't yeah. really gone back to it. But I've heard it. It's not bad, so I'll, I'll, I'll have to put it on my list. Oh, okay. Because right. my my brother uh, told me yesterday uh, about it, and mm-hmm. he said he could, uh, he wanted to watch uh, like a marathon on a German TV channel, and he only managed to watch half an hour of it before going to bed. Really, <laughs> he gave up. <laughs> yeah, he gave up. <laughs> this, right. So not that exciting then. <laughs> Well, he, he doesn't have our uh, acquired taste. <laughs> right. Actually, your brother ends up watching and telling you about a lot of geek stuff. Yeah, so yeah. So it sounds like he does, but you're saying that he doesn't. Uh, you know, we had we had another discussion about uh, Days of Future Past. And uh, now that, that Days of Future... We mentioned the movie earlier, the Brad Ratner movie, Last Stand. And he's yep. a Last Stand apologist. He sees <laughs> really? some good in that movie, yeah. Oh, there is no good in that movie. The only part of that movie, and I don't know why we're talking about The Last Dance so much this time, because we should be talking about Apocalypse, but the only part of The Last Stand that I really like is it's just that scene with Angel in the bathroom when he's in a the kid beginning. trying to cut off his wings. Yeah, yeah that is yeah. the only yeah. scene the only that is, like, scene, to me, yeah. memorable and resonant. You know, I yeah, think the rest of the movie is crap. A de-aged 
Captain Picard is awesome. DH Captain Picard. Yeah, at the, at yeah. the end when, <laughs> when he steps yeah, off the plane. Those parts, like, because that's the one where him and Magneto also go back to sort of pick up Jean Grey at her house, right? Yeah. Um, maybe that was a bad choice of words. But where they go to get Jean Grey at her <laughs> house and she's using her powers. Because um, they're de-aged in that sequence, too. And it just makes me feel a little bit iffy. Like, they, it looks, it's got a level of fakeness that to me is a little bit grotesque. Like, it's yeah, but- real, but it's <laughs> fake. And it just makes me feel odd. I, I, I would have... You know, I would have wanted uh, Gene to touch Professor X's face in that scene. I mean, it was CGI'd, but it looked so rubbery, and I just wanted somebody yeah. to touch him. <laughs> feel around with his face. Make it real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. So, all right, so let's just go down the list before we completely do an X3 <laughs> review in this, in this episode. So, Apocalypse. What do you think of Apocalypse? Uh, he looks serviceable. He still looks like an action figure, but yeah. there's the scene in the trailer where he grows and pushes Professor X down with his with his hand and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think in motion, the whole suit and the CGI will work will work out. Yeah, I think for me the yeah the action figure thing does does ring true. When I think about Apocalypse from the from the comics, you know he's 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 monstrous. Yeah, he's kind of like a. Dark side meets Thanos type figure, you know, it's like, it's humanoid, but not really human. Like he's evolved or whatever past being human. Yeah. And his proportions are like more kind of, it's somewhere between like monster more than human. And in the, in the way they've designed the character here, he kind of looks like an, like a human dressed up as a God, you know? And yeah, it's, they didn't go far enough for me. I think they should have really taken his monstrosity to its appropriate level, you know? Um, Cause he, he does look kind of like a toy figure. He looks kind of fake, which I'm not fussed about, but hopefully they can kind of make that, make that look a lot better with, with the effects and the lighting and stuff in post-production compared to what we've seen in the trailers. Yeah, I think, I think they will. It's the same with uh, Spider-Man's outfit from, from Civil War, what you hear from the, from the whole previous screenings, uh, people say mm-hmm. uh, the costume in the film looks mu- uh, much more uh, wholesome, uh, better made, right. better lit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully they can they can get they can get to that. I um I like Apocalypse as a bad guy. I mean, I grew up reading X Men, right? So that yeah, has a place close to my heart. And Apocalypse, like the age of Apocalypse, the actual. Um, crossover that they had in the 90s is still my, great one of my favorite yeah. ones. Yeah. Yeah. So really looking forward to this one. Um, and the fact that he grows and stuff, like obviously there's a lot more to come in terms of what he is and what his power set is and stuff. So very exciting. Uh, what about Psylocke? So the first, um, the first incarnation of, of Psylocke on, on the, in real uh, life. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I never gave too much thoughts about Psylocke. <laughs> sure. I mean, I obviously, I obviously thought about her like we all did, uh, mm-hmm. because of the costume and stuff. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I think it, there, there wasn't, there was never really anything interesting done with her, with her character. From the brief yeah. period in which I read X Men, I heard that Matt Fraction. 
gave her uh, a, a, a second personality or something like that. But I never read, uh, I only read um, the Civil War stuff from, from his run mm -hmm. on X-Men. Right. And I think I yeah, because lost I you on Skype. Really? I can I can still hear you. Your sound is kind of dying out. Um, okay. Can I, you hear me? I can hear you again, yes. And now I can see you again. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. Again, technology is trying to defeat us this week. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's just, let's just keep going and see what happens. See what happens, yeah. Um, Life progress. Oh. Yeah, because the recording the recording still going, so it should be all right. Ah, nice. Um so, Psylocke, yeah, I, um, the costume design, I mean, compared to all the other characters, it's the most comic book, um, authentic <laughs> costume yeah, design for, um, for the movie. I think she doesn't look that bad. No, absolutely. Personally, no. but a lot of people, a lot of people are hating on Psylocke and, and the casting and stuff. I mean, maybe they could have gone with a more authentic, um, like an actual Asian actress. Just, yeah. Um, but I mean, I think it, I mean, from a looks point of view, it doesn't look that bad. Whether they could have done better casting, it's open. Um, but you know, I, I, at least it doesn't suck to me. So, and like, it's pretty bad when it's like, yeah, at least it doesn't suck. But that's kind of where, where that's at. I don't know how they're going to use her effectively. Because you're right. I don't know what her key storylines are. Um, I know that she's like, because the character was uh, kind of... I'm so sorry. I have to interrupt you. You just dropped out mm -hmm. of the recording. What? How could I be dropping out? It's my recording. You're hosting the damn thing. How could <laughs> you be dropped out? Um, it's still recording on my side. Okay. Like you can see, like my name is not in the box. Yeah, I don't see your box anymore. Just see mine with recording in progress. Okay, I see both. Okay. Um, I see both, so I don't. I don't know what that means. I guess I if you see both, it it should be all right. Okay, let's just keep going. Okay, I'm so sorry for interrupting you. No, that's fine. <laughs> we're gonna have to somehow cut all of these bits out and we're like wait are we recording what's going on well, wait, okay wait. and cut so we can um we can start again so Psylocke what was I saying um uh, it doesn't suck know. yeah <laughs> it doesn't suck I don't know what her key storylines are um with the whole it's Betsy Bedrock right I know it's yeah, she's yeah, like it's one person one person who possessed another person's body and that whole thing. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, whether they even go to that level of detail to explain who and what she is. Um, her powers do look interesting though. I don't know how she was slicing that car apart in the trailer. Cause she's got the side blade on yep. one hand and she's got a real sword on the other hand. Very cool look and feel like I love the way it came across, but it also looked a little bit fake. So I guess we're just going to have to see how she goes. Hey, Betsy Braddock, she's the sister of Captain Britain? Um, yes, I believe so. So oh. I think, but again, I think that's her inside personality. Because she yeah. was bit, the one character who kind of possessed the body of the, of the of Asian Of another character, character yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. 
So that's how she's got the kind of the dual thing. And that might have been the kind of the internal voice thing that you're talking about was where the other personality, the other, Oh yes. Yeah. 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 The, the other person was Which coming out. Possessors. Yeah. So that'll be, that'll be interesting to see. Um, Jean, Jean Grey. So Jean Grey is going to be uh, Sansa Stark from Game of Thrones. Yeah, which isn't the best casting choice. Yeah, um, I'm not sure about her either. Like, I, I'm only seeing Sansa Stark because I've typecast her in my mind as Sansa Stark. And Jean Grey <laughs> is not Sansa Stark. So I need to, you know, it'll be good to see what kind of range and how she can pull, pull, pull off such a different character. Yeah. Because that dream sequence in the trailer where she wakes up and she's all like, oh, I've had a nightmare. That felt very Sansa Stark to me. It felt very whiny. And I mean, I, I, you know, Jean Grey is a bit of a, is an interesting character because she's a bit, she goes she has you know, off the rails sometimes. <laughs> so yeah. it'll be interesting to see how, how they play her out. I would hope she doesn't do Phoenix in this movie because this movie is already going to have Apocalypse. I don't want to yeah, have I hope so too. another wasted Phoenix storyline. Yeah. And uh, the Hellfire Club and stuff. We don't need them here. Yeah. No, no. I mean, because they already kind of set up the Hellfire Club in the um, the first uh, yeah. kind of reboot in the 1960s. What, what was that called? Um, uh, Cuba Vacation or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> X-Men Take Cuba. Um, yeah, that one. Because that was, that was the Hellfire Club. Uh, first even though school? They, they didn't, first first class. class. Yeah, they didn't call it the Hellfire Club in that movie, did they? They they just kind of had some of the people there, but wasn't really an official Hellfire Club. No, no, they yeah. said Sebastian Shaw and Emma Frost, I think. Yeah, because they're effectively, you know, they were the, the, the king and queen of the Hellfire Club, Hellfire weren't Club. they? At various yeah. points in time. Um, so it'll be, yeah. So, I mean, just I would want them to just keep it simple, have Apocalypse as your very clear bad guy, and have the team. So, you know, obviously he kind of takes people to become um, horsemen and stuff. And it looks like Mystique is leading the team this time around. Yeah. So she's she's trying to she's trying to get the band together, together in the absence yeah, in the absence of Xavier. So it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Uh, Magneto looks like he's one of the horsemen. Yeah. So very you know very cool. Very cool, lots of exciting potential. Let's just hope they can pull it all off. Um, then we've got Angel. Angel looks good, I think. Yes. Those metal wings. I hope they, um, I can't remember in the trailer. Was there in, there was one sequence where he's in a cage match with Nightcrawler. Yeah. And they were fighting and he had feather wings. Were they actual feathers? I think they were feather wings. Because oh, later on he's it. got metal wings. Yeah. Cause that's like, that's like one of the, one of those. Angel is a character, I don't know, for some reason, he's a pretty boring character, but he's got the best, I think, emotional beats. Um, because he's the one, like in the comics, where they actually rip off his wings, like yeah. forcibly, uh, when he goes into the Morlock tunnel. So they, they probably won't do the, the Morlock sequence. Um, and when he's like pinned to the wall and stuff, like very, very cool visuals. And then Apocalypse replaces his wings with the metal ones. The metal ones. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do that transformation in in the com in the in, sorry in the movie, but hopefully it's as because it's a pretty um, it's pretty graphic and horrible sequence of events that happens to the poor guy. 
and I want to yes, see that done in the movie, you know? Yeah, but he needs that traumatic experience because even as an X-Man, he's always uh, striving hard to be uh, to be normal, like, like Rogue, uh, mm-hmm. uh, in a way. And uh, the whole Archangel thing and... Uh, him joining X-Force later, mm-hmm. much, much later, I think in the, in the Ram in the run. Uh, right. It, it makes the character feel, feel very wholesome because he gave, as Archangel, he gave into his superhero personality uh, so much that he becomes an enforcer for, for mutant kind. One of, one of the, the secret protectors. And I wonder if they if they replicate that in the movie somehow uh, afterwards, because they always right. gonna beat Apocalypse. And but how will they how will they deal with the with the Horsemen, or how will the Horsemen yeah. deal with their fate? How will the Horsemen come back right yeah. from from being Horsemen and having done all those things? Yeah, that's an interesting one. That's um, in the um, Brian Michael Bendis one where he brought the original five into the future to yeah. confront their future selves. And like, you know, Scott finds out that, you know, what he did, yeah. <laughs> try not to give away any spoilers, but you know, they all kind of find out what their future selves become. And like Iceman's kind of like, you know, he's p- pretty chuffed from memory, but nobody wants to tell Archangel, like nobody wants to tell Angel or nobody wants to tell Warren what happened to him. And he's like, why won't anyone tell me what happened? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, it was it was pretty funny and pretty cool as well. I mean, yeah. It was done. It was done well. So interesting. Like I'm quite excited to see how they pull off Archangel Nightcrawler. Looks interesting as well. He's going to be a fellow Australian, so I'm very excited over yeah. that to see how Nightcrawler he does that. Nightcrawler is always great. The best X Men yeah, character. Ah, oh, that sequence in X Two with the uh, uh, attempted assassination of the yeah. president. It's great. Brilliant. Like Brilliant, one of the yeah. coolest action sequences ever. So hopefully they can give this i this. Yeah, he'll be a younger version of Nightcrawler, but hopefully they can give him something as cool. Um, and there's that scene in the trailer as well with um, Quicksilver running through the building as it's about to explode. Oh, yeah. And he's trying to save people. That looks cool as well. Yeah. So, you know, that's a great use of his powers. Yeah. Um, that's a great demonstration of his powers. powers yeah. And because... Yeah, go on. It's a great version of Quicksilver because he likes Pink Floyd and Rush. <laughs> it's just awesome. Yeah, Dark, dark Side of the Moon t-shirt. The, um, the X-Men version of Quicksilver is much cooler, I think, than, yep. the, um, than the Avengers version. The Avengers version felt very flat. He didn't really have any super cool sequences or anything to really highlight <laughs> who he was. Yep. And even, I mean, even how they killed him in the, uh, in the in Age of Ultron. I, I really didn't feel it. Like it wasn't an Agent Coulson level um, event, you know, with him dying just because we didn't really know all that much about him. And we didn't have anything, to, I thought, we didn't have anything to latch on yeah. latch on to. It's good to say that guy was cool. You know, I'm sad that he's gone. No, no, that was a big so. problem with him. Yeah. All right. So back to Age of Apocalypse, Storm. She wasn't in the trailer much. Is she going to be a horseman? I got the impression that she she's not yeah. as clear cut as we uh, as we know her. Yeah, she is going to be a horseman. I think in the write ups they said that Apocalypse discovers her on the streets of Cairo, and she she becomes um, 
she becomes allied to him. So whether she's an official horseman or just working with him, I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah, we're going to get Mohawk Storm. So I'm looking forward to that. That's awesome. <laughs> and I, I, I always forget that the movie is a, a, a young version of those characters and not we, we don't get the established versions. <laughs> I always forget yeah. that. Well, uh, yeah, the Holly Berry Storm was a very dis disappointing overall. I mean, in her use of her powers, she was disappointing. And also in the execution of the character, she was disappointing. Um, yeah. Storm is like a goddess. You know, she yeah. needs, she's like a super, I mean, she's, I don't, don't think she's officially Omega level because she can't like fully transmute matter or whatever. But uh, she's, she's up there. Like she's, she's super powerful. They just never used her to that level in, in yeah. the, uh, in the movie so in far. Um, she had that immortal line, though. She can electrify a toad. So it's pretty much the only memorable thing about Storm. <laughs> I heard that in a, I heard that in a, um, in a, like that line was cut into a song, into a rap song, I believe. Um, so where she's like, yeah, where, where they actually had the, uh, the line from X-Men 1 where she's like, do you know what happens to a toad when it gets struck by lightning? <laughs> it's like the same thing that happens to everything, everything else. What a stupid line. All right. And then our friend Havoc. So What's I don't know who, 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 who wrote this question on the list. Um, but there's only one shot of Havoc in the trailer. And yep. it's quite early on. It looks like in the story of the movie. And then we never see him again. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> Well, he's Scott's brother. Perhaps Scott's ne Scott needs a bit of motivation. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, does he know? Does well, that'll be interesting to see. First of all, if they play oh, yeah. out the brothers thing, yeah. because Havoc's supposed to be the younger brother, but he, in the movie, Scott will be younger than Havoc, Havoc. Yeah. Right. Um, also, they don't look anything alike, which was an odd choice of casting, but. It, and it could also be that there's only room for one Summer's brother in this, in <laughs> in this story. So we can either only have one at a time. So, yeah, I, I don't know what's happening. I like Havoc, the character, like even from First Class. Um, I thought he was pretty cool. Yeah. And I, I like the way they used his powers and stuff like that. Like even the, because um, he was, he they I can't remember what they called it. Um, with, uh, bit, with Banshee flying, yeah, yeah, holding. Yeah. yeah the harness. I don't think they called it a speedball, but anyway, they um, it, it was some maneuver, which effectively in the comics, I think Angel and Scott did that, yeah. right? So Angel flying, holding Scott as he fired. Fire, so yeah. it'll be it'll be cool. Like that'll be a passing on to the next generation kind of thing. But yeah, it'll be um, it'll be cool to see Havoc come in again. Cool. So overall, what's your excitement level for Age of Apocalypse? Um. I'm I'm excited, but I'm not overly excited. <laughs> um, <laughs> the fact that you have to think about it is like, yeah. well, yeah, it's, you know, you know, I could go either way. <laughs> but I'm I'm feeling positive about it. Yeah, yeah, I, I have a good feeling. I think it will. Um, I think the trailer is cut for excitement, and we will get a bit more out of the of the of the final product. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So hopefully, you know. Hopefully it's going to uh, all be one consistent story, like we said before, yeah. and they can uh, they can give us something that's even better than Days of Future Past, which is already pretty awesome, I think. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's cool. So 
we do want to go through the rest of the trailers that we had on the list just yeah, quickly so we can uh, get them out of the way. So Suicide Squad. So we had um very interesting set of trailers from Suicide Squad. They were pretty good. They showed a lot more humor and promise compared to what we saw from Batman v Superman, which we'll get to later. Later. But I feel Are you excited for Suicide Squad? Not really. Yeah, it's no. it, it's on your meh list. Yeah, I've watched the first trailer and yeah. You know, Batman vs. Superman was uh, tonally a Suicide Squad movie already. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know how you can talk this. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, um, I'm excited for Harley Quinn. I'm excited to see how they do it. It looks like it's going to be quite interesting to watch. So I'm like, you know, I, I'm going to watch it, but probably on the second weekend. Yeah. Probably during a midday screening. <laughs> I'm, yeah. not gonna, I'm not going to rush out like the Captain America Civil War, which I've already got my tickets for. So, And I'm going to be seeing it twice in like two days because um, – so work is uh, – Part of the merchandising sponsorship oh, for um, Captain America. So we've got um, uh, we've got a work screening, effectively, which I'm going to on the Thursday, which is opening day, and then uh, on Friday night I'm going with my friends. So that should, that should be fun. Nice, that's cool. So oh man, I, I get you. perks. Yeah, I I'm so excited. Like when when they sent out, I was on uh, vacation when they sent out the email to say, you know, um, do you want to go? And I was like, yes. And then everyone's like, stop replying to emails on vacation. I'm like, this is important. I need to reply. <laughs> Make sure my seat's secure. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited over that. That's like, you know, we're not going to we, – we don't actually have Civil War on the list, but I'm like ramped up. I'm ready. Let's just go. I'm so I've yeah. stopped watching trailers. I've stopped watching all the interviews and all the press because I just wanna, I just wanna experience it. At this I just point. wanna see the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, staying on Marvel. I mean, do do we want to say anything else about Suicide Squad then? Um, so there's reshoots that are done. Yeah. Uh, or they're doing reshoots. All the humor uh, that you were mentioning that could be mm-hmm. in the movie was already in the trailer. And with uh, the critique that Batman vs. Superman was already so dark, uh, they went back and reshoot parts of Suicide Squad to inject a bit more humor. Are you serious? Is that like the... De- so that's a combination of the Deadpool effect and the fact that Batman v Superman was so... so um, took itself so seriously. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But- Look, I mean, a lot of people who go... So um, in talking to people who've seen Batman v Superman... One of the chief complaints for why they didn't like it was because the lack of humor. And I think Marvel has so established the brand of um, what a superhero movie should be is that that's what people expect now. To the point where even with Marvel movies, they're becoming darker and darker as well. As well, yeah. You know? And so there's not as much humor as the earlier ones, which is interesting because... People are still expecting, and that's why they they don't like a lot of the later movies, just because it doesn't. It's not as funny and not as jokey and um, light as the previous ones. As in the beginning, yeah. So interesting, but you know the stories have to evolve, and you can't have a civil war and have make be making jokes everywhere. So <laughs> that's going to be interesting to see as well. 
And, and, and I think some of the reviews talked about that as well. So the, the press screenings for Civil War have already happened, right? Yeah. And a lot, of the, uh, a lot of the reviewers are talking about how this is the most, um, this is the most serious and um, – I can't remember the word they used, but they said this version of Tony Stark is the most serious one so far. Yeah. Which makes sense because that's the progression of the character over time. I mean – he can't. He, you know, he has to change over time as well. Yeah, which is what makes the whole thing interesting. Especially after Age of Ultron, because yeah. that happened on his watch. Quite literally, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, and then so like you know, you, you had Iron Man three where he was traumatized from the Avengers movie. Yeah. And then you, then Age of Ultron happened, and now, you know, now he's trying to fight. It's almost like he's the one trying to bring back. Like he's gone the the other way to try to bring back order by supporting um, the superhero. I, I don't know if they're calling it superhero registration, sure. but supporting the Z- the Z- Zakovia Accords, right? right yeah. um, which is what Captain America doesn't stand for. So, you know, he's he's becoming quite a serious character, or he's, he's becoming quite serious as a character. Yeah, and it fits so great in his uh, characterization because he's. He's somebody who who, proje- who projects himself onto the world, and yeah. there's this internal conflict because he messed up, and now he's trying to solve he, he solves this conflict externally, so to say. While Captain America uh, solves it solves it internally and says, "Okay, we messed up. We have to try harder the next time, and not oh, I have to to get under some supervision." Yeah, that's a good point. I never thought about it that way, but that's really. That's a really good way to look at it. Captain America is like, well, we yeah, we have to be better. And uh, Tony Stark's like, well, you know, I wouldn't have done it if somebody told me not to kind of thing. Well, <laughs> many people told him not to. to do that. But now he's trying to enforce an external structure almost to keep himself and everyone yeah. else in check. You know, he wants it's to quite, build an yeah. armor above <laughs> around himself. Oh, build an armor around himself and an Armor around the armor around the world. <laughs> around the world. <laughs> that's a very, it's very, very, um, very, uh, very good psychological analysis. Yeah, there. I like it. <laughs> Years of therapy will do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. I am trained in the ways of 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 of, of this analysis. <laughs> well, you are Austrian, you know. Maybe it's maybe it's part yeah, it's of the Freudian, culture. It's a Freudian. The Freudian genes. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, so, I mean, Suicide Squad, take it or leave it, sounds like, at this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting. <laughs> I, I, I won't watch it. Uh, when, when we talk about it, uh, I want to make, uh, I, I make my review based on, on your perception of it. <laughs> I like it. You're not going to watch it, but you're going to review it based on what I say yeah. and the analysis of so, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Nice. Because I trust, in that case, I trust you more than, than, than I trust myself. When I watch this movie. <laughs> Too much baggage with this movie. You're going to go in with a lot of bias, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to Doctor Strange then. So Doctor Strange teaser trailer came out. That was, uh, that was, that was Doctor Strange out Nolaning, out Nolaning <laughs> Nolan, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That was great. It was like Inception meets Batman Begins meets yes. Inception again. Yep. It was 
It was a it was a Marvel movie inside a Christopher Nolan movie inside a Marvel movie. Marvel movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. They, they went pretty deep. It looks cool. It, it looks, looks so it great. looks like they're ripping off a lot of Nolan-y things that we've kind of seen before. Yeah. But what I like about that is that they're taking it to the next level. So they're not just like for example, they're not just folding over the city. There's a fight sequence it looks like that's going to happen inside that folding over of the city. city because yeah. if you looked at the trailer, there was like two figures. It looked like they were fighting or falling between the, the two versions of the city or whatever that was. That looks cool. And I'm just imagining like a magic fight sequence inside a city that's multidimensional. Like that would it. I mean, I can imagine it in my head. I want to see it actually played out. Yeah. I guess we will get, <laughs> we will get something like that in, in, in this movie. Yeah. Um, some of the kaleidoscopic stuff was interesting. So I'd, I'd like to see how they pull that off as well. Uh, you know, every time they, he kind of shifts into the, uh, into the spirit world or wherever he goes. Is it called the spirit world in Doctor Strange? Do you know? I can't remember what it's called. I can't remember but that it too. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that magic plane yeah. effectively is where he does a lot of his stuff. Um, that was pretty cool. I loved how the, uh, is it the ancient one? Yes. Um, the spirit, the, the teacher person that he has, she kind of punches him out of his body. That was pretty cool. That was cool. You know, a buddy at work who never watches superhero movies, uh, watched the trailer yeah. and he came in and said, Oh man, the trailer was so awesome. She, she punches him so hard that his astral body falls out of his ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or he shits out his astral body or something. Like that. <laughs> That's a translation from the German, is it? <laughs> yeah. Er hat sein Astralkörper ausgeschissen, was the original thing, which means he shed out his astral body. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's pretty much what happened. Yeah. yeah. No, that was cool. It, it looks like there, there's some, there's some good, um, good surprises in store. I hope they don't reveal too much of the visual, um, the visual surprises that they have because yeah. we want to be wowed, you know? Uh, and it, just like the way Nolan kind of holds back a lot of what's going to happen and be shown in the movie. I think for Doctor Strange, they should take it to that next level, but kind of save it for the movie. And so you see it for the first time, time yeah. and you really get that wow factor. If they give it away in the trailer, it'd be like, meh, seen that, you know, <laughs> which is kind of like the Deadpool movie. because they sort of gave away so much of that really in awesome trailer, fight yeah. sequence in the trailer. And then when you watch the movie, it kind of felt, felt, felt flat a little bit from an action point of view. But, um, Yeah, Doctor Strange. I mean, a lot of potential there. I think he looks the the translation from page to screen is pretty good. He looks With good. The, yeah, yeah. He I looks was like an very adventurer. skeptical. Yeah, like a yeah, like an astral projection adventurer through space and time. So that's going to yeah. be pretty funky. And I want to see how they roll up magic into the overall Marvel universe as well. So that that that's going to be pretty cool. They'll find a way. I'm. 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 Yeah. They have to ramp so up the their overall, game. The overall approach they're going with is that, like I think Thor explained it in the Thor movie, right? He said magic is just yep. technology, technology and science that's more advanced than we kind of can comprehend. Yeah. Um, so it'll be, it'll be cool or it'll be interesting to see how they sort of rationalize that with the rest of the science and technology. Because it's been very sciencey so far, you know, with um, Hulk and Iron Man. Even the creation of Captain America, yeah. like everything. As aside from um, the twins, so Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, 
they haven't explained them yet. Yeah, they haven't fully explained where she comes from, but um, I think their power set will be rooted in some sort of magic, and that magic will be explainable through super advanced technology. Like, I'm sure they're going to have maybe, well, well, um, Bruce Banner's not going to be there, I don't believe, but they'll have uh, Tony Stark explain some sort of exotic particle that, you know, yeah. they can they they can explain magic with or something. Well, like they that. have pimp particles. Perhaps they can do something with well, yeah. with that. The Douglas particle. Yeah, the the, the Michael Douglas particle. particle. <laughs> I like the the Douglas particle. Sounds cool, actually. It sounds like something that could be real. It sounds like you know the Higgs boson or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. And then so we're quite ha- uh, excited about Doctor Strange. And then uh, staying in the Disney camp, Rogue One. Awesome. It's, it's, awesome? It's, in, in a word, that was the first time you didn't hesitate when you said something. Awesome. <laughs> you know, that scene at the end of the trailer when they, where they run out and the AT-ATs are, are firing at them and they just yeah. <laughs> run around their feet. It, it looks awesome because it, that's a suicide mission. And we haven't seen something like that in yeah. Star Wars. We read about it and we've seen it yeah. in the Clone Wars. But now we've seen it in live action with new characters. So, so it's actually going to be Rogue One, colon, Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> the funny bits. <laughs> yeah. I think it looks awesome. Um, did, did you see Stephen Colbert's review of the Rogue One trailer? No. From the, from the late show. It's worth watching. So like, if you can, I'm, I'm not going to try to do it because it's going to ruin the whole thing. But Google it after this. And just look up Stephen Colbert's Rogue, Rogue One review or Rogue One reaction to the trailer. Yeah. Really cool. <laughs> really cool. But yeah, I mean, w- one of the things he says, this is like, we got everything Star Wars that we that we wanted. The only thing that was missing, though, was a good lightsaber fight. So they had the um, the one random Asian dude, like the only, it looked like the only actual Chinese guy in the galaxy. You know, <laughs> like he was a little bit too Chinese, you know, like with his dress and the martial yeah. arts, it felt not Star Warsy. It felt a little bit too. It felt too Earth, you know. Yeah. I think if they're going to have these kind of exotic alien cultures and stuff, they could mix that up a little bit. Not have it so clearly an Earth-based Chinese or Asian type thing. thing yeah. But aside from that, which felt a little bit out of place, yeah, the rest of it was brilliant. I thought. Yeah, but then uh, you know the movie centers on on the Empire, and they're pretty pretty xenophobic mm-hmm. uh, in their approach to uh, to the people they employ. Uh, so that kind of excuses to to bring uh, an Asian guy in the mix, but he's he, his get up and 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 the martial arts are a bit over the uh, hitting it on the head. Um, I agree with you. Yeah. There. I don't mind that he's like, so I'm not saying like from a racial point of view that he shouldn't have been Chinese. I'm saying he shouldn't have been like an earth, like clearly someone who stepped out of 15th century China. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. because it, that didn't feel Star Wars. That felt like it was kind of like, you know, it was more, it would make more sense in Game of Thrones if he showed up there. Yeah. Because then you could say, well, it's an Earth-based Based historical, historical. Yep. story, you know, whereas this is a, gal- a galactic-based story. story yeah. So they really, you know, if they had an alien doing Chinese wushu, that would have made more sense, sense to me. Than, <laughs> because uh, then it, yeah. yeah, than an actual human, you know, so that's the only thing that kind of felt a bit weird. Yeah. Um, 
But what will be cool is if they can make it like, and I don't know, because that's what kind of more of a Battlestar Galactica thing where all the Battlestar characters and all of the Battlestar cultural references are proto-Earth references. Because it's, you know, Battlestar happens, um, you know, before, like, you know, before Earth's history, I guess yeah. you can say. And so a lot of the Battlestar characters' cultures then get seeded into Earth's culture, and that's sure. what creates our cultures to a point. Um, and that's what's cool about Battlestar, you know? So I don't know if Star-, Star Wars is not going in that direction. They're not trying to say that, you know, this happened in the galaxy far, far away, and then those characters from that galaxy came to our galaxy and s- created or seeded some of Earth's cultures. True, yeah. Um, because that would be, you know, that that's not a Star Wars thing. Star no. Wars kind of stays separate from Earth, right? Strange. So, yeah. So it's it's just weird seeing that, um, which I thought was a bit odd. But otherwise, I mean, it looked cool, and it, it felt like they they were saying, "Well, we don't have lightsabers, so we just need to have a cool action sequence here. Let's put a, let's put a martial arts guy in." And they did. You know, <laughs> it'll be better if he wasn't wearing. So either if they made him an alien wearing Chinese um, type outfits and fighting or if he was a human not wearing a chinese outfit and fighting you know like it was just too it was too much earth in one else, character yeah. yeah i totally get that so anyway yeah we'll see how they pull it off and how they explain that one <laughs> maybe he's like maybe they do just pick him up on earth you know <laughs> it's like a random earth guy that would be really strange around. i come from a blue planet <laughs> far far away yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes, we haven't discovered electricity yet, but let me fly the starship. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the um, big things about the Rogue One trailer that everyone was talking about was the the main character being a Mary Sue. Did did you get that impression? Impression? No, but... uh, You know, we had the same problem, uh, the same problem, the same discussion with with Rey in, in The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I don't care anymore. I watched uh, Tango and Cash on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, nobody second guessed those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think when it's for most of the eighties, <laughs> right, yeah. and leading into the nineties, the action hero heroes could really do no wrong. They could yeah. do everything. You know, and I think that's kind of the the vein of the Star Wars characters as well. Um, even when they get things wrong, they still get it right. Yeah. And I think people are potentially, you know, it's that whole um, Tumblr thing again. People are just so sensitive to it and reacting to it. And it could be potentially around, you know, playing with these stereotypes, but doing it in a way that brings more di- diversity, whether it's through gender diversity or even racial mm-hmm. diversity, that people are kind of like noticing it for the first time. Because if you just saw, if it was just a, another white guy who was in that role, nobody would double think yeah. about it. But now that, you know, now that it's a girl, they're like, hey, girls can't do that. You know, that sort of thing. So it's just an, it's an interesting one. At the end of the day, I don't really care um, as long as the story is good and yeah. we, you know, we just have a lot of fun in, in watching the movie. Exactly. And it looks like it is going to be fun. So, yeah, it, it'll be, it'll definitely be be very interesting to watch a Star Wars movie outside of the of of canon, so to say, to see an expanded universe book played out in the cinema. Yeah, that will be, be fun. 
Yeah. I'm excited for that. I don't know like the history of the like and and what makes it exciting though is that you kind of know with the main core characters from like episodes you know 7 8 9 that they're going to be sticking around for the most part. Yeah. Whereas with these characters and it being that suicide run, you don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be like you don't know who's going to die randomly, yeah. <laughs> you know? So that 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 does make it exciting as well. Just to see how they pull it off and what they do. Yeah, and Disney isn't taking chances because uh, I think Rogue One is somehow uh, going to be uh, intertwined with the Rebels TV show. And the end of really? the, of the second season in, in Rebels was, at least for me, a, a game changer because they really messed those characters up. Ooh, okay. No spoilers because I haven't yeah, seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It was great. <laughs> awesome. So I... I tried to load it up on my um, iPad, yeah, but I've couldn't get the. I couldn't watch it on the plane because the files just wouldn't work. So awesome. I need to. Um, I need to find. Well, I need to find time to sit down and actually sit down and watch them. So watch I'm very excited, though. Very excited. Star Wars Rebels. It is. It, I mean, the f- the first season was awesome. So I'm looking yeah. forward to catching up on the yeah. second season. All right. So Rogue One, very excited. I think the, that's the highest excitement level we've had out of any of the trailers that came out so far. Is there is there any other trailers that we're we're missing from this list? No, no, we've just so. we've worked it off. Yeah. yeah. So just just some some random uh, ones. Like I've heard the Jungle Book is supposed to be really good. Yeah, I want to watch that. But not for children. <laughs> not for it's not not good for children. Yeah, it's very dark. Very violent from from what from what I've heard. Yeah. Okay. But so I, it's going to leave children it. traumatized, is it? Yeah, I've heard it's um it's executed really well. So and yeah. the 3D is supposed to be really good too. The trailers looked a bit odd, like the talking animals. The lip sync was just looked slightly off in the trailers. Yeah. But it sounds like nobody's complaining about that now. So maybe like by the time they actually got the movie out there, it. It works. So. It works. Yeah. And the trailers, uh, they felt very strange. But it could be because um, when I saw the first jung- when, when I saw the Jungle Book trailer in the cinema for the first time, I saw the the BFG trailer beforehand. And right. That one plays with with perspective and uh, and size, and mm-hmm. the uh, compare compared to that uh, shorter trailer, the Jungle Book felt very unspectacular. Right. Although it had those great sequences where the camera pans through the jungle uh, behind Mowgli, yeah. okay, it felt a bit like a uh, like a letdown. But now that uh, 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 everybody who I know who saw it are uh, uh, very positive about the movie. Okay, so you haven't seen it yourself, right? No, no, oh, I yeah. haven't seen it myself yet. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, so we, we 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 can we can close that one off probably the next time. Hopefully, we both have seen it. But yeah. Um, I was going to go on to Batman v Superman, but, uh, there was something else I wanted to say as well, but I can't remember what it was. Hmm. Oh, well, let it go. Uh, Batman v Superman. <laughs> Let's discuss this one. Let's discuss it. Yeah. The elephant in the room. Who um, wants to go first? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. All right, first not- of all, h- how many stars would you give it out, out of five? Out of five. Yeah. 
two and a half because it looks pretty. Mm -hmm. um, it's from a from a purely technical standpoint. Standpoint, it's well made, but um, the actual story and uh, the performances aren't aren't on par with the with the guys who handled the cameras and sounds. Yeah. So yeah. Two, two, two point five. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'd give it three, but every time I think about it, it goes down. <laughs> it goes down in terms of half a star. Um, so I might end up meeting you at two point five. I saw it twice, actually. Um, the second time was a lot better than the first time. The first time, I just remember feeling very disappointed at everything that happened. Yeah. There were some moments of awesome. There were some moments that were really good in the movie, but those moments were very few and far between. It took a long time to get to the actual battle between Batman and Superman. And that would have been okay if the reasons that Batman and Superman were fighting made sense. So if they spent all that time setting up this the reasoning for why Batman really didn't like Superman, right? And it was yeah. hilarious because when I walked out of the movie the first time with my friends, one of them turned around as we were walking out of the door and she said, so why did Batman want to kill Superman? And like nobody could really answer the question <laughs> properly, you know? <laughs> one of one of the ushers standing at the door um, waiting to go in and clean up this the thing uh, turned around and said, because he reckless. <laughs> I thought that's probably the best answer. The only reason Batman wanted to kill Superman was because he was reckless. Because, you know, like yeah. it, I, it didn't make any sense. Um, and then, so spoilers now because it's like what several weeks after after uh, the movie came out. Six weeks. Or but something. the reasons why they stopped fighting was also so stupid. Like, really? That's all it took for you guys to reconcile and now become best buddies to the point where you can tell his mother I'm with Clark, you know, like, Oh, it just was frustrating. Yeah. It was frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> um, the characters rang so untrue. I think from what I was expecting for a Batman Superman movie, we, we haven't discussed this before, have we? Like this no. is the first time that you, this is the first talking. time. Okay. Yeah. Because, Batman, like Lex Luthor was the smartest person in the room. He was the most psychotic person in the room, but he was also the smartest person in this movie because he ends up orchestrating the whole thing, including laying all the seeds for Bruce Wayne to follow. Yeah. And Bruce Wayne d just followed them and didn't, isn't, wasn't the best detective in the world to figure out that Lex was orchestrating all of this from the background. You know what I mean? Like Batman, because this was a mature Batman. Batman should have been the one that saw through what Lex was doing. Instead, he just followed what Lex wanted him to do. To do, yeah. Which was stupid. Like, Batman, that's not Batman, you know? Yeah. That annoyed me, because Batman should have known better. <laughs> I had one hope throughout the whole movie, that Lex Luthor somehow joins the fight between them. And at a certain point, when he, where he monologues some important information, Batman and Superman turn around, uh say, hey, it's good that you mentioned that because we waited the whole time for you to just say that and now we'll take you down. <laughs> that that would have been a better way to end it 
if it, it would it that would have been like a Kaiser Soze type of sh- like switch. Yeah. That would have been cool <laughs> if like if like they they'd actually known the whole time and they just needed to play into Lex's plan for a while until they could get him and then they can just get him. You know, yeah. that's pretty cool. See yeah. that that made hairs rise in the back of my neck. That was so good. <laughs> <laughs> But unfortunately, we only had Martha, which was the one very flimsy. Yeah. They, I mean, it was a flimsy reason that they were fighting in the first place. And it was a flimsy reason for them to get back together. Like, it didn't make any sense. Um, didn't make any sense at all. It's just stupid. Just stupid. Yeah, it was a flimsy reason <laughs> to take some snuff photographs of Diane Lane. But Martha can't. Yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. So in terms of looks and feels, right? The um, there were moments in there with like uh, the destruction of Metropolis during the Batman's uh, the yeah. Superman Zod fight, which is a wonderful uh, Bruce sequence. Wayne. That was a great sequence, yep. like I Bruce mean- Wayne running into the ash cloud while everyone's running out. Mm-hmm, like yeah. those were that was, it looked really great. They just didn't amount to anything at the end. Yeah, and you so. had the, the one guy uh, in, in Wayne Towers that gets the phone call from Bruce. You have to get out of the building. Why? What's happening? And he turns around and yeah. the building's <laughs> No, but that's the thing. It's like he was watching this fight from inside the building. <laughs> then he gets the call from Bruce Wayne. And then he's like, oh, oh, yeah, it would be pretty good for us to evacuate, <laughs> wouldn't it? Like, oh, dude, you should, like, why wait for a phone call for, you know, you know. Not the most, not the most switched on leader that yeah. guy was. Let me tell you, <laughs> it was so great. Um, and I was confused. Like I thought Bruce Wayne was shouting "Dad, Dad" as as he was. Um, uh, yes, yeah. Running up to the building, I didn't realize the guy's name was Dan or something. Like, yeah, I, very... I thought so too. DC movies and sound. Like, what is it with their sound production? You can hardly hear what people are saying Same. half the time. Um. What else? I mean, the best thing about the movie, though, was Wonder Woman, I thought. In the five minutes of screen time that she had, um, either as Wonder Woman or as Diana, yeah. she just drew all focus. Like, she really she really, um, really played, played it well. Like, I thought she was so cool. Yeah. In every scene she was in, she just stole that whole scene. But then, you know, I'm, I'm so afraid that she was just awesome because she was in the movie for, like, six minutes. Yeah. Well, that's the risk, isn't it? The risk is that because the rest of the movie was so kind of bland to watch and she was like the one like bright light yeah. in the scenes that she were in, in a movie where she's there for the whole movie, it'll just be bland again. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it'll just even out and she won't stand out as much because the rest, you know, it's going to be one whole movie of her. So, yeah. But even, you know, the music... So the Wonder Woman theme that they put in, um, <laughs> yeah. Hans Zimmer's Is She With You, which I've listened to like about 50 times already on Spotify. And um, um, the battle sequence that she had with Doomsday, it was just so cool. Yeah. And she got to use like all her things. She used the shield. She used the sword. She used the rope. She used the, the bracelets. The gauntlets. Yeah. The oh, bracelets. Gauntlets, yeah. yeah. No, I think bracelets is correct because... Gonson's oh, like yeah, actual gloves, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So the bracelets, yeah. Look, she used it all. It was pretty cool. Um, I really um, am really looking forward to the way she's going to 
do it in her movie. The only problem is like her movie is going to be World War One, right? So that'll be interesting as yeah. well to see because here she was fighting a monster, so she could pretty much unleash. Uh, and she hadn't fought in so long that you know she she does that kind of smile halfway through the battle sequence as well, which is like I've missed this. So it'll be cool. I want to see how they do it in World War One and that whole story. So I'm looking forward to Wonder Woman movie. Can't come soon enough. <laughs> it, next year, I guess. From what I heard, is it next year? Yeah, they bumped it up. Right. Okay. They need to keep um, they need to keep the excitement levels yeah. up with this whole franchise. I think because people were all over the place. I think fans of Superman and Batman and fans of the comics seem to like the movie a lot more. And I think that was because it had so much of inside references, like um, to the comics and stuff like that. Whereas people who were coming in new, who'd only really watched or experienced these characters through the movies and TV shows really didn't like it. Yeah. You know, the, the lack of humor, um, the lack of color, they were, they were left saying, you know, we want what the Avengers was. We don't want this. So. Yeah, it's it's so joyless, and and well, you know the the sequence in the is it the Capitol? Um, yeah, the, expo- the explosion. The explosion, yeah, because the guy in the in the wheelchair is called Wally, and I guess I wasn't alone with the assumption that he somehow ends up becoming uh, the Flash through technology or 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 what have you. They don't. They don't uh, give him a, a second name, but you know, just Wally and the implication that has for DC Comics, and he has no legs. Uh, so, part of me was wishing that somehow he ends up through Kryptonian or Motherbox technology becoming the Flash to tie the whole thing together, and then he just gets blown up. Becoming yeah, you. So you were expecting him to become Wally West. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah. Um. I mean that sequence was uh, was a punch in the guts as well as in the genitals because the whole speech about democracy and how we can solve problems with talking and then yeah. boom. Meanwhile, <laughs> mean meanwhile, yeah. <laughs> I didn't see the bomb coming. I was quite surprised by that. So they got me, but a lot of people when as soon as Lex gives him the wheelchair, a lot of people were like, ooh. <laughs> Lex doesn't do anything for charity, you know. Yeah. Um. That's a, that that was a surprise to me. I thought, like, from a character point of view, the setup of Superman, right? So he was just what I didn't like about it as well was that he was just being pushed around the whole movie. Yeah. And he had that he had that resting bitch face through the whole movie. Through the whole movie, yeah. Because he was not he had no agency for what he was actually doing. Everyone kind of just pushed him around. Batman pushed him around. Lex Luthor pushed him around. Um, you know, he didn't really do, he didn't really make any decisions. I think that actually changed anything at the end of the day. Did he? Yeah. Maybe to go back and fight. I mean, he, he saves Lex when he, when he uh, stops doomsday from punching him. But I mean, that's just, you know, that's just what Superman would do. He didn't really do anything that would affect the overall outcome of the story. He was just reacting to what the bad guys were doing. So that was not a Superman kind of movie or a Superman kind of story in my mind, you know? And the sequence... I'm sorry, the sequence uh, on the roof with the the flooded uh, community where he just floats in the air. 
Yeah. Because then if they're completely open, he could just eradicate the whole village with his, uh, with his heat vision. Yeah. Well, it's just so yeah. And the, that sequence is shown when they were trying to explain how godlike he is. And I love, I love, you know, the practicality of when he was doing that is kind of like, the village is flooded. The people are on their roofs holding out their hands to him. And he's just like, well, I could rescue you right now, but I'm just going to float here for a while so we can get this shot. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, he it's almost like, but first let me take a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's okay to, to portray him in that way, but you know, just show him um, descent onto the roof and, you know, perhaps nod to the people, at least give them a nod, acknowledge them in, yeah. in, in some way, you know, <laughs> just give him a bit more, a bit more, so put a bit more Superman into, into Superman. Yeah. So far, Henry Cavill's Superman is very much, you know, he's, he's a lost character. Yeah. Like I would have liked, cause he was lost at the, in, in Man of Steel, yeah. right? That's why he was like working on the, on the fishing vessels and stuff like that. Um, I was, my hope was that after Zod, he got purpose and he found his place to a point. Yeah. And what I wanted out of this movie was that now that he's decided that this is my place in the world, this is a test. So Batman v Superman was about testing his conviction yeah. in playing out that, that purpose that he's decided or set for himself. Whereas we still didn't find him with a purpose. We found him kind of lost. The only clear purpose that he had which is what even alluded to when in the Flash sequence, when Flash c comes through time to talk to Bruce, yeah. is to protect Lois. Like the only thing that Superman really stands for right now, because he can take and leave everything else, is that he wants to protect Lois. Which in itself, I mean, fair enough. But at the same time, you know, you know, you're Superman. You're a, you're literally a god. Yeah. Look a bit bigger. You know. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't know. I don't know. I think the characters were just pegged at the wrong level for me. You know, Batman was not the Batman that we know and love. He wasn't the... Um, he had great action sequences, but that action sequence was also given away in the trailer. So, again, I didn't see an, a Batman action sequence that left me wowed because yeah. I was wowed for the, from the trailers. Um, Batman wasn't the detective he should have been, been yeah. and Superman wasn't didn't really stand for anything. I mean, he didn't, you know, that half the point of Superman is that he's a beacon of light, right? Yeah. He's, he's, he's the symbol of hope because he's always going to do the right thing and do, um, do, do almost the impossible. Whereas here we just saw him reacting to everything the bad guys did and really didn't find a way out. That would be the Superman way of solving the problem. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And even, so, yeah. Even giving into, um, you know, uh, at the end when he confronts uh, Batman and he just says, uh, if I wanted mm -hmm. you dead, you'd be dead already. Instead yeah. of, dude, take up my mom. Pl please help me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, Martha. Martha. <laughs> Martha. Save Martha. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. I don't know. I mean, that whole sequence, I was like, what? That's all you're going to have, you know? Yeah, but the first thing he should have, even when he landed... I don't even know. Like the when he, when he landed to fight Batman and he just said, Lex has my mom. You know? yeah, <laughs> I'm sure Bruce would have listened. And the reason, like even Bruce, Bruce was like single, single, like almost sociopathically 
hell-bent on taking down Superman with reasoning that almost didn't make any sense. Sense, yeah. I mean, Ben Affleck sold it. He played the part, I think, quite well. You know, that that whole line is, if there's even 1% chance, we have to take it as an absolute certainty. You know, like, (laughs) Ben Affleck sold sold the argument, but the argument was stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Tried his best. So... Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not really well, the other part, you know, they showed kind of the start of the Justice League, right? Cuz they showed you all of the videos that Lex had gathered on these other people. <laughs> None of them really looked super awesome to me. I think the Flash sequence was probably the best one because I think it's where it should have been, you know? Yeah. Uh in terms of what they showed. The Aquaman one didn't look very like Aquaman's supposed to I mean it's supposed to be well they're trying to make him look badass and regal, right? So because he's the king of Atlantis. But I didn't get that from what they showed. No. It just kinda looked like a random like dude diving, like free diving. Yeah. Somebody wanking <laughs> underwater and gets caught by a by a uh a, a science vessel <laughs> doing so. Yeah. <laughs> Like, if you're Aquaman and this... Because a science vessel is the equivalent of something that's super loud and noisy and kind of bumbling bumbling its way down into the ocean depths. <laughs> yeah. You can see it. You can see it from miles... You can hear it from miles away, right? You should know it's there because you're Aquaman and you've got, like, sonar vision and, like, you know, sonar sensors and stuff. He should have known what it was. He should have known that it's not a threat, so he doesn't have to come at it with his tri with his um, trident, yeah. right? Because um, he looked like he was kind of like in a battle stance against what is the equivalent of like the Mars lander, <laughs> you yeah? Because you're like, this thing doesn't pose any threat to me. I'm bloody Aquaman, you know? Yeah. So, ah, uh, just swim away. That was a bit stupid. I thought the cyborg sequence was interesting with the mother box and stuff, but they still, they didn't explain the mother box. If they'd shown Lex with a, with the mother box, then we would have known what it was. They but released, apparently they, re- they released. Yeah, I didn't see any of those things that they, that they released. Ah, okay, okay. So go and explain it. Uh, they released a, a, a cutscene where Lex is in the Kryptonian vessel, uh, the Superman head in Man mm-hmm. of Steel, and I think it's Steppenwolf from the New Gods. Uh, is standing next to him and is handing out mother boxes to Lex. And uh, the SWAT. Seven Wolf was handing out mother boxes. Yeah. And he, uh, a SWAT team is going in to arrest Lex. And they see Steppenwolf leaving and the mother boxes go out into the world. Right. But remember, that oh, video the, of yeah. cyborging being created yeah, happens before over. all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. where did that mother box come from? Yeah. But at the same time, why, you know, because the whole thing, like, even at the end of the movie where Lex is all like, the bell has been rung and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah. he's in in the prison and he's saying, I don't know, ding, 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 yeah. whatever he's saying. It's because he knows about Darkseid and, like, he's, he knows that's coming. He knows that's in in play, right? Yeah. The rest of the audience has no idea. idea They're yeah. just seeing a crazy guy in jail. And that's part of why, you know, comic fans enjoyed it because they understood or they saw what was being alluded to, 
there. But people who were not familiar with the material had no idea what the hell was going yeah. on. Like the, the movie just, it just comes across as all kinds of crazy. Like nothing lines up and makes sense because people don't understand all the hidden dots that they've hidden through this narrative. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's kind of making it fun for some people, but not everyone's invited to the party, you know, yeah. which is why it got the reviews that it did, I think. Yeah, and Marvel has... Aside from the fact of being humorless. Yeah. And Marvel had a lot of movies uh, to build up to the Avengers and then to Age of Ultron and then so on. And DC had three movies. No, the second movie, Man of Steel, is the first movie of this uh, DC universe, cinematic universe, so yeah. to say, yeah. So they had n no time to explain anything. It would have almost made, like, the two ideas that you came up with now, I think you should take over from David Goya oh, from you. writing this. Having Batman and Superman pretend to play into Lex's plan and then switching it on him at the end once he reveals what they want him to reveal yeah. would have been awesome. And also, just having the Flash being introduced as Wally and then going in for some sort of experimental surgery with Luthicorp or something, I don't know, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Or even with Star Labs, right? But just having that being played out as being the introduction of the Flash would have been awesome. That would have been and that's made. all they would have had to do. And then in subsequent movies, maybe in the Wonder Woman movie, they can somehow introduce Aquaman and yeah. Cyborg and the rest of it. You know, without having to force all of the stuff into the first, into this movie. Because yeah. this movie was like, had so much in it. And as a comic fan, you could get so much out of it. But if you're watching it, you know, for the first time without knowing all this backstory, none of it would have made sense. Yeah, you know, the, we, we didn't talk about the dream sequence or the, or the, the vision of the future that Bruce has. The dream in the dream. Yeah. Because that <laughs> must have been very off-putting if you, if you don't have any, uh, any context to put it in yeah and even yeah because you've got the uh because it it is it is out of it's like so left field at that point because yeah. you've got the parademons right yeah. they show up yeah and you're like where the where the hell does parademons show up from you've got the superman army with the superhero with you know with the superman logos on their on their shoulders, shoulders yeah. the superman patch and you got the omega symbol burned yeah, into into the into the the land. Nobody, yeah. Nobody understood what was going on there. Yeah. I hardly understood what was going on there. And I know all those things, you know, because it also doesn't line up. It's like, well, what actually happens is in the in that future state, is Superman now working as an enforcer for Darkseid? So is he one of Darkseid's lieutenants? And does he have an army that works with him in order to enforce Darkseid's will on Earth? Yeah. Like, is that what... Is, is that what that was? was? And then Bruce was trying to find a way to take Superman down? It's, it's the most logical explanation for that yeah, scenario. Yeah, because nothing else made sense. Yeah. Um, but I didn't mind I Batman killing people in, in this uh, potential future. It's, it seemed strangely in character because if those people were affected with the anti-life equation or, or whatever, then they're already mm -hmm. lost, you know? Yeah, just I mean, they're effectively the zombies at that point. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't mind that. I don't mind Batman um, because he's, he's, he's willing to go all the way if he has to. He just hopes he doesn't have to. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but in this case, it clearly seemed like he had to. I mean, he was prepared to kill Superman in this movie. Yeah. You know, he was there with the spear ready to drive it into his chest. So 
even at that stage, even, and that's also why it didn't ring true to who Batman was. Um, he's not a murderer. This was premeditated murder is what he was trying to do and yeah. trying to kill Superman. There was premeditated murder. And the reason for pre, for, for why he would want to premeditate in cold blood, kill someone like this didn't make any sense. Like the reasons why Batman would be driven to that extreme didn't make any sense. No, absolutely. Um, you know, and that's, that is the hinge. That's the pivot point for the whole story. You know, that's the foundation of the whole story and it didn't work. And that's why the whole thing kind of falls apart It's for me. Um, but he being driven to a point where he needs to stop something even worse from happening. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see Batman going there, you know, um, in, in one of the animated movies, um, Batman's prepared to blow up the whole of apocalypse, you know, yeah. <laughs> and dark side actually tells him out of everyone here, like out of wonder woman, Superman, you're, you're the one that would actually go through with this plan. So I'm going to back off. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> So, you know, he would do it. He would just not, he would do it if it's a last resort. Like yep. what he was trying to do in killing Superman just didn't make any sense. Because no. he wasn't trying Absolutely. to take Superman down. He wasn't trying to restrain him or, or kind of like limit him. He was actually trying to actually take him out. Yeah, or bring him before me a court not... of law. Like he did with all the other guys, uh, the, <laughs> the criminals. Yeah, he wasn't going to just brand him, you know, yeah. <laughs> with the kryptonite brand. He was going to drive that spear into his chest. Aside from um, aside from Wonder Woman, I really didn't get a whole lot out of that movie. I thought I thought there were just too many things. There were there were there were parts of it that looked visually spectacular. Yep. There was one scene in the Battle of Metropolis where uh, the ship was crashing through the buildings and like going down. That just looked so cool. Yeah. Um, and while Bruce Wayne was in his jeep, which was the jeep ad that they had on TV. <laughs> It's like, oh, I've seen this sequel. Again, like they showed so many things from the movie that at the end, the only thing that I was left watching the movie for was to understand the story and see how all those sequences fit together. Yeah, fit together. And that's why the story was so weak that that was a failure as well. Because I'd seen all the good bits anyway. Yeah. So. yeah, so Wonder Woman was like the only thing in there that was like kind of good for me, I thought. I thought Doomsday was kind of wasted Yeah. as well. I don't know. The whole part with the... With, uh... The, the ship, the Kryptonian ship was just such a, a, a lazy excuse uh, to bring Doomsday into the mix and to get Lex yeah, Luthor to a certain level. Yeah, to advance his plan. I mean, even how Lex Luthor got access to the ship... Yeah, it's ridiculous. ...didn't make any sense. And then even how Lex knew what to do when he got into the ship... I mean, again, he proved himself to be the most resourceful and smart person in that movie. So, you know, you could put it down to that. But again, it just, you know, it wasn't organic. It felt forced. Yeah. It was, all, it was all too convenient. All right. So Batman Superman, I think it's worth watching. So, you know, the review I gave my sister uh, and her husband was... Just watch it on TV at home. Don't bother going yeah. out watching it. The DVD comes out next week. Yeah. yeah, so I think, yeah, just just wait to watch it. Um, they've got kids anyway, so they're more, I think, interested in watching um, Zootopia yeah. and uh, Jungle Book at this point. So I think, yeah, go and, go and do that. All right, so that's Batman v Superman. Utterly not the event cinema experience I was hoping for. Yeah, so hopefully 
Hopefully Marvel can bring it next week with uh, Civil War. Yeah, they will. You have, like I said, you have much more context and much more story behind Civil War. A lot yeah. of stuff is culminating into that movie. The pieces are in place. We yeah. just need to watch it now. So, yeah. yeah. We, we we understand a lot of the backstory and the surprises, hopefully, will be good surprises. Yeah. Not like, why did they do that? Yeah. Right. So, going back onto the Marvel train then, uh, Daredevil Season 2. Have you seen Season 2 yet? Yeah. Oh, okay. I've seen the whole thing. Very good. So, I watched, I think I watched episodes 1, 2, well... I watched most of it and then I had like a week break because yeah. my friends were here from the UK and they hadn't seen it. So I needed, I, so I couldn't finish watching it. Then I came back and watched the last two or three episodes. Um, what did you think? I'll, I'll, I'll throw to you first. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a very good season. The Punisher works better than I anticipated. I think uh, Electra is, she feels like an, an accessory but one that uh, becomes uh, a very important accessory. <laughs> I don't yeah. think she, she got her she got her due, so to say. Yeah, I was a little bit um, I was a little bit disappointed with the way they did Electra, but I was quite intrigued by what they made out of her story yeah. and what she where she came from. Yeah, um, very interesting. I don't know where they're going with that. I was, exp- you know, so are we just going to do, let, let's just, I mean, do a full spoiler review here because we, we've all seen, Yeah. well, you and I have seen, seen it. it yeah. And I think at this point, if you haven't seen it, tune out Yeah. because we're going to, we're going to reveal everything. everything. Um, I wanted to know what was, I thought something was going to come out of that clay pot <laughs> or whatever that sarcophagus Yeah, me too. Was. <laughs> you know? Something needed to have come out of it. At the same time, though, I think that is not where Daredevil goes. It doesn't create monsters like that. No. Although you could technically say Electra is now going to become the monster. But what were they doing? Why were people putting all their blood into that thing if nothing was going to come out of it? Out of it, yeah. And the big question is, I'm sorry, wasn't Electra's training? Or perhaps it's all uh, a ruse. Perhaps that's the point where she needs to be for Stick's plan to work out. Who knows? Ooh, do you think so? Do you think Stick is playing a playing a, f- a funny game there where he's set up that whole thing? Yeah, as as much as he's a, a father person to to Electra and and Daredevil, because it, it, you know, he, not in the present, but in the flashbacks, you uh, you see that he he doesn't he doesn't live by his own his own code. He treats them like his children. You know, he, he carries yeah. them in his heart to a certain degree. So perhaps he's yeah. he's playing the long game with them both. Yeah, you don't know actually. He's a bastard because he could play. He goes, he goes, yeah, he goes both ways. You never quite know, like you, he, you never, never quite know whether to trust him or not. Or not, yeah. And you probably shouldn't. You probably shouldn't because he's quite, you know, because he saves Electra. So if she is that darkness, right? If she is that, I can't remember the actual term now, but if she is that darkness that yeah. they're trying to stop. But he was trying to train her to try to control it, even though he knew it was uncontrollable. Then he delivers, then he, you know, seemingly delivers her to the bad guys anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, very interesting. I, I, I wonder though, it's, it, it's almost like, you know, she needs to become whatever she is going to become 
before he and his side can actually take it out forever. Yeah. Like maybe that's what needs to happen then, yeah, in terms of the overall story. Yeah. And it'll be cool. Like I don't, cause they're going to do Luke Cage next, right? So there's yeah. the Luke Cage yeah. C- series and then Iron Fist. Yes. I hope Iron Fist picks up with the Electra story where this one leaves off oh, because cool, Iron yeah. Fist, Iron Fist brings in the magic aspect as well. Yeah. So it's it's interesting now because you're going to have Doctor Strange, Scarlet Witch will be in, you know increasing her powers. Yeah. But Iron Fist is another mystical kind of mystical magical character as well. Uh with the martial arts, so that would play really well into like where the overall Marvel universe is in terms of its introduction of magic and bringing those magical kind of themes into into, into its thing, stories. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. I think Luke Cage is going to be interesting as well. The first teaser trailer, because they showed that at the end of yeah. Daredevil. Oh, that, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I like the, the actor. I, <clears throat> I like uh, I like his eyes. He's so vulnerable. Yeah. He, he seems so vulnerable uh, in his looks. He's got a very... Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. He's got a... Like, even though he's like, um, like impervious <laughs> to any sort of damage, I guess you can say he still comes across across as very kind of approachable and um, he's like, he's, he's got a softness in his eyes. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like he's like, he's a guy that you could almost trust. If you just met him. Yeah. If you, you know, if you met him in a dark alley in hell's kitchen, you know, this is one of the good guys. Yeah. And that's what I like about the way they've cast that character and the way they've, they've played him out so far. Yeah. Um, very cool. Very cool. Daredevil, I think the action sequences were good as well. I really thought the Punisher was awesome. I hadn't known that actor. I think it's, um, I want to say Josh Blumenthal, but I'm not sure. But I hadn't seen that actor before yeah, anyway. Too. Um, so I didn't have any baggage to associate him with, but he had been in, I think, I don't know. I want to say The Walking Dead or something, but I haven't seen it. But he played the Punisher awesomely. I thought that was done really well. Um, he also had that, yeah, kind of that, he had that crazy eyes thing going <laughs> that sort of worked in that universe for that version of the Punisher was just great. Um, and Charlie Cox, I think continues to do a really good daredevil. So that was, yeah, that but was good to see as well. He felt a bit, um, comfortable in the role, a bit too, uh, too comfortable in the role in season two. And then what do you mean? Like, <laughs> What do you mean by too comfortable? Like he was, he wasn't trying hard enough or? I guess it's not Charlie Cox's fault, but everybody around him got to develop a lot because Foggy Nelson was awesome. Karen Page uh, got, got more to do. Yeah. Uh, then you have Electra, you have the Punisher, uh, you have Stick coming in, who's a very, uh, who choose scenery in, in everything he's, yeah. he's in. And then uh, you have Charlie Cox, who's, somehow still um he's still the same daredevil that we saw at the end yeah, of season one season one right? yeah as in you're saying that the character didn't really de- develop or change over yeah. time and he's in in this he's very sure of himself almost like he knows well the show got got my name in the title so nothing <laughs> too bad will happen to me yeah it's an interesting one he's the winnie the pooh right <laughs> yeah. everyone else Everyone else has the thing to do. He just is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I, I get that um, feeling as well. I think um, he, the only real dramatic 
change that I saw in him is when he's, he has two, I think, major conversations with the Punisher. Yeah. And the first one, he's trying to convince the Punisher that you shouldn't be killing people. And then in the second one, towards the end of the show, he actually says, maybe your way is the right way. Yeah. Maybe this time we do have to actually kill. Um, who are they going? I can't even remember who they were oh, going after now. The hand. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, but he, but uh, the Punisher was after a specific person, right? Yeah. The, uh, the Not the, the blacksmith. Yeah. The blacksmith. And so daredevil tells him and he crosses himself yeah. because he's yeah. Catholic before he says it, maybe this time, we actually do have to just take this person oh, out, dear. which I thought was, was, was the only character change that Daredevil went through yeah. in this, because in the first one, you know, he has a lot of conversations with the priest, which is, which is the generally turns out to be the turning points for his character yeah. development. Whereas this time, I think the mo- the show moved quite fast, um, but he didn't really have any time to sit down and reflect, Yeah, um- you know? There was only one scene where he was kind of sitting down in his apartment. So after um, Electra goes after Stick and Stick sends those two guys in the car to yep. go and deliver that, I thought, deliver that knife, which disappeared actually, yeah. um, to um, somebody. And that car ends up finding its way to, to Daredevil's apartment. He's actually sitting in the dark in his apartment when he hears the car coming down down the road that's the only time he kind of had a moment to sort of sit down and think about what was going what on. Was going on yeah. But we didn't get any, any feedback out of that scene. You know, we don't know what he was thinking about. We don't know what he changed or decided to do differently based on what was happening. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I mean, it is a TV show. There's probably no bonus scenes or director's cut at this point, yeah. but with, yeah. He was the only one that kind of stayed a little bit static while everyone else around him kind of changed. So it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good call out, I think. Yeah. But then we, we, we I guess we will get a, a third season or something with the defenders. Perhaps we get uh, the change daredevil there. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, he needs to learn something. He needs to make a change. It doesn't have to be a super dramatic change. No, and I think for what the season was, uh, it was potentially, you know, again, about questioning his, you know, that, like that discussion we were having with Batman, questioning whether it's right, first of all, what he's doing and the way he's doing it in the first place. place. Yeah. What I like about it, though, unlike Superman, in Batman v Superman, Daredevil actually tries, he actually goes out and tries to have agency in yeah. affecting the way things are going. going he's not yeah. just reacting to what's happening around him. Yeah. Um, you know, so he's pretty cool that way and that um, uh, that struggle that he puts himself under especially when the trial uh uh against the punisher is happening and he's trying to uh you know he's fighting on three fronts as daredevil as daredevil yeah. with Electra, and in the courtroom yeah, yeah. though i got, got to be i mean if he was my defense attorney i would go and fire him and go with foggy yeah. because he's never around <laughs> it's like the worst part of Peter Parker, you know, yeah. like not being around. So, yeah, Foggy did a great job. And and I think that was a part of obviously playing out Foggy's uh, story yeah. in like cutting ties and stuff. But, um, yeah, I think as a lawyer, he might be good. But if you can't count on him, <laughs> <laughs> then what good is I'd he? I'd fire yeah. him. Yeah, he's no Johnny Cochran, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> um but overall, I thought the season was a pretty strong season. I thought there was a lot going on, but it, it all kind of fit together really well. The only thing that I was disappointed with is 
the final action sequence at the end was a little bit flat to me. Yeah. Um, I thought the assault on the hospital was kind of the highlight of the show. Yeah. Um, I thought that was the, that was the best action sequence. Um, I thought the parts with the kids that they had who were taken to hospital and how the kids kind of, I don't even know what was going on there, but they turned spooky Yeah, and, and then they kind of gave themselves back to the hand and then like, you know, offered themselves up as sacrifices to whatever was in the sarcophagus thing. That was cool and kind of uh, made me feel a little bit, um, what's the term? You know, made me feel a bit odd. I was yeah. like, yeah, this is weird. It was very disturbing. going on here. Yeah, this d- disturbed is probably the word I was looking for. It wigged me out. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it was done really well, though. It was done really well, though. Um, so interesting now. I mean, I'm also a little bit disappointed because I wanted more. I wanted to see what was going to happen next. But that was all kind of left for next season. So we just, just have to wait, I guess. Yeah. And the, the Punisher's um, resolve, story resolvement was a bit uh, rushed. You know, with the old yeah. army body and yeah, and him showing up on that roof for no reason other than to shoot two guys and then, or, or show his, his get up, his new get up. Yeah. He's like, I've got a costume <laughs> too, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was rather convenient. Like, again, I was thinking, how did he even, um, you know, is he like the predator? Is he attracted to violence? You know? oh, yeah. <laughs> How did he even know where to show up? But I guess, you know, if he's the Punisher and if he's like monitoring police um, radio and stuff, he would have seen that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it it, it was resolved pretty quickly, but they need to keep him in play. Like, obviously they can't kill him off or lock him up or anything. I mean, I guess they could have locked him up, but what prison can hold him? Because clearly none can. No. (laughs) Um, So yeah, he's obviously on the, on the, uh, on, on, on the run. Uh, and hopefully we'll see him again in future series. Maybe he'll show up in the Defenders. Well, that would Who be knows? great, yeah. That's a while away. What do you think of the casting for Iron Fist? So they cast uh, the kid or the guy from uh, Game of Thrones yeah. who plays Loras Terrell as Iron Fist. He's a British guy. It's in- got his name. It's interesting. And I get the... Uh, uh, you know, the whole controversy with whitewashing characters, but then Iron Fist was a white dude in the comic as well. Yeah. And oh, hope- Iron Fist is, um, yeah, he, he was a blonde yeah. surfer guy, wasn't yeah. he? Like A very laid back, per- no. Well, Iron Fist is kind of Marvel's Batman. When you take really? I thought Moon Daredevil Knight- was Marvel's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> no, because the, uh, it's a, it's a, Carrie Andrews uh, explored the whole thing in in uh, Living Weapon again in in a more uh, Dark Knight Returns uh, fashion, but basically because his his parents die on the way to to Kunlun or on some expedition, and he gets taken in in into Kunlun. Yeah, and you know I, I hope they they play out the role he has as an uh, ambassador for. For this part of the, of the of the Marvel universe, as in, like, what do you like? You know, not in an official capacity. Like, he's not like um, going to be like Black Panther showing up no, 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 as no, no, no. in the UN and stuff. <laughs> no, but but uh, 
the Thunderer takes him in uh, and and trains him and then sends him out into the world to uh, as a as a um, you know, to give the world a, a softer introduction in, hey, there's this mystical city uh, and this whole uh, right. mystical. I mean, I don't know if they if they'll keep the the story like they did in the comic books, mm-hmm. but if they, you know, it's it's a reason for whitewashing the character when you could have cast uh, uh, a, an Asian person. But I've heard they bring in yeah. uh, Shang Chi uh, into the series, so perhaps who's his. Who's his rival, right? So Shang-Chi was the one that says, why is he the one that is always fighting uh, Danny Rand to get the Iron Fist title? I'm not sure if, if it's, if, if that's Shang-Chi. Okay. Uh, but it would be awesome. Who's Shang-Chi then? The master of Kung Fu. <laughs> I oh, remember right, okay. some old comic books. Uh, I've, <laughs> I've read of him, but I, I, I only had uh, one or two Shang-Chi comics, but I had uh, a lot of Iron Fist uh, comics ever yeah. as a kid most of my iron fist knowledge comes from um <laughs> this bad. the ultimate spider-man tv show yeah um where so it's a, effectively a young danny rand yeah. right but it's also it's got that very teenage storyline thing where danny rand is he goes to kunlun he trains in a school type environment with yeah. other kids but he's the one that manages to pass all the tests to get the title of Iron Fist, yeah. but because he is an outsider, there is a local guy who effectively yeah. serves the the bully role, who says, "I deserve that title, not you, because you're you're a foreigner." Effectively, so I don't know whether that's Shenchi or what that person's name is, but uh, I, I, I'm assuming that's that, that's going to be in the TV show. So he's going to come back and ha- be hunting down Iron Fist in Hell's Kitchen, not. The hand per se, a, but maybe yeah. he's affiliated with the hand. You know, I don't know. It's the speed, the steel serpent in the comic. And I, I've, right. I've known his 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 name, uh, but I forgot it. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> right. That this is yeah. this is where we need to bring in Ryan. So um, Ryan's the other person that um, we we wanted to call into the uh, the podcast, probably for episode four. Um, because he's based in China, so he'd be able to give us some insights into what's going on <laughs> and how how all these things fit together. Because I, I mean, in previous conversations with Ryan that I've had, there have been some references to some Chinese cultural aspects, but I don't quite understand the full breadth of it. So it'd yeah. be cool to get that sort of input. Yeah, that a- would as be we go great, and it fits into yeah. the theme of the show. You know? Yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna go international, and so we've got America's. And Europe covered, so now we can bring Asia in. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, like, do I cover America or Australia? I'm not sure. <laughs> but anyway, I'm based in America, so that's fine. You cover America, though. That'll work. That'll work. Yeah, I'm in this time zone, so, you know, that's the important part. Um, cool. So, yeah, overall, I mean, Daredevil was good, so give us more. Yeah. Give us more, give us more. And excited for Iron Fist. I think there's obviously a lot more research we need to do on, on the Iron Fist side of things to truly understand that character more than just what's been covered in Ultimate Spider-Man, the animated series. Yeah, <laughs> series, yeah. And I have to get out those comics again. I guess my brother has them because he was... Oh, really? He was the, the residential kung fu guy. Oh, right, okay. Is he actually uh, trained in, in martial arts? No. <laughs> in bar no. fights, but not in martial arts. <laughs> Right, okay. I guess you can say that's a martial art. <laughs> Smashing somebody's head in with a with an ashtray. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So that pretty much covers most of the agenda. The only thing we had left, because we're going to hit the two-hour mark soon, so I want to wrap this up oh, before yeah. then. Um, Game of Thrones coming up. So I have stopped watching all of the trailers and stopped reading about what's going to be coming up this season because, again, I just want it, I just want it to happen. Um, key things, Jon Snow, obviously. Everyone's like, is he dead? Is he alive? What's your, what's your thought on how they're going to they're gonna deal with that one? Okay, I have to admit, I, watched, uh, I stopped watching Game of Thrones after season one. And I haven't kept, Are you kidding me? <laughs> I haven't kept up with, with anything Game of Thrones related. I've seen oh my God. a show where George R. R. <laughs> R. Martin took the the actress that plays um, Peter Dinklage's love interest around yeah. his hometown, and that was the last Game of Thrones <laughs> exposure I had. Really? <clears throat> yeah. Why did you stop watching it? So the the conversation is going to shift from the next season to why you stopped watching it. Uh, it it became kind of. The, the what the walking dead became uh for me uh, a very depressing um endeavor so to say mm-hmm. i mean i i <clears throat> i get the appeal of the show but yeah. uh it's just uh, i don't know it's too too dark perhaps in in, in this yeah. point of my life for me yeah, I know what you mean. It does get darker and darker and darker. And hope gets further and further away as the show progresses. So I can understand that if you want, if you don't want to get lost in a world that is kind of dark and depressing, <laughs> then it's probably a good decision to let it go. Right? Yeah. Because because yeah, I mean at this point at this point of like where the characters go and where the show goes. So, I mean, if you stopped at the end of season one, so you stopped, what, after Ned Stark dies? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, then there's, like, do you do you, do you kind of know what happens next? Well, I know that everybody's afraid that winter is coming and that uh, a horde of zombies is getting ready. And uh, is it Jon Snow and his bodies, right? Or, or the, 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 the guardsmen, the, the northern guardsmen? Uh, ride out. Yeah, the Night's Watch. The Night's Watch, yeah. thank you. They ride out uh, to check up on whatever's out there in the woods. Yeah. And, well, to go, find, yeah, yeah. to go find out what's going on with the zombies, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's how season one ends. Um, it just gets worse from there. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to try to pretty it up and make it, you know, make it sound appealing because it's a long journey and it's a pretty painful journey to tell you the truth. Is season six I mean, coming up? Yeah, I think it's season six. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, season six. So we're kind of overshot the books now. So there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen where even people who have read the books don't know what's going to happen next because the show's caught up with the books. And that's what makes it. So all the people who watched this TV show who had not read the books so far have had an experience where they don't know what these terrible surprises are going to be and when they're going to come. But the, the book people have always had that safety net because we knew what was going to happen. It's just a matter of seeing it play out which in itself was very exciting. 
But now for the first time, book readers and non-book readers are at the same point. I was going to say disadvantage <laughs> because we have no idea about what's going to happen next and how things are going to play out, um, which is both exciting and frightening for us at the same time because in, in, in the show, in the, in the kind of show that this is, anything can happen. Nice, um, yeah. Like no, no character is safe. Um, yeah, we kind of have an overall idea of how the story is going to end because like everybody kind of knows – how the story is going to end, yeah. but how we're going to get to that point, we don't know. Um, and plus, that is just a rumor around how the story is going to end. So it could end differently. We just think that is the most plausible, logical explanation of how things are going to play out. So that's why this season is so big, because nobody knows what's going to happen next, Like, except for the George R. R. Martin and the producers of the show, and obviously the cast and crew, right? <laughs> so... Very exciting times. Um, I won't get into any of the spoilers then, or not so much spoilers, but any into the discussion of what happens or what we think is going to happen this season, just because, well, it's not going to make any sense to you anyway, and it's going to be spoilers for seasons two to five or six. Okay. Seasons two to five. I wouldn't mind if you tell me any expectations because I'm always, even if I don't know something, I'm always eager to hear people talk about it, you know, soak up some of the enthusiasm. (laughs) People have for stuff. Yeah, it's but, always nice to hear. But it's gonna, it's gonna give away a lot of what happened in previous seasons, though. So that's why I can't. That's why because there are <laughs> things like the from from where you are in your understanding of the show, of the families that are involved, and like where the pieces of the chessboard were set when you stopped watching, to where they are now is so different, and so many things have happened in between that it's almost pointless for me to talk about it because. Almost none of the same pieces are in play. <laughs> okay, then I'm so sorry I didn't tell you earlier. <laughs> no, that's watching. fine. It's very it's it's fascinating to me um, for like why you stopped watching, and also, I mean, I, I can completely understand the reasons why, but also um, just to sort of just see how how people react to these kinds of shows. Like I, I know, like my sister and, uh, and brother-in-law love it. Um, but there are some people who just can't, you know, can't deal with so much of violence and so much of, um, darkness in a TV show. So it's quite, quite interesting. I, I, I totally dug the first season, especially when it's the mountain, uh, decapitates his horse in, in season one. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That was my favorite scene. He just gets up and whacks the head of the horse. (laughs) That's that's because the horse wasn't listening to him, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoy, I, I, I can enjoy such things for, for what they are. Uh, but you know, there's, yeah. uh, it was just, um, it got, it got boring, ah, boring. It's, it's, it's the wrong word. Uh, but watching something to just know who dies or, or who might survive, um, doesn't quite agree with me. At, at, at this yeah. time. But that that's one of the things that makes Game of Thrones interesting is it's written to, like the story, is written to subvert your expectations yeah. as a reader or a viewer, right? Yeah. So the first season, for example, which is the one that you're familiar with, it feels like when you read the story or watch the show that it's a story of Ned Stark as the shining light going south into the hornet's nest yeah. 
to bring order because like the the classic hero story he goes in and he brings order yeah to king's landing you expect that to be the story and even up until the point where he's on his knees with his head on the chopping block you're thinking to yourself he's gonna get out of this somehow something's gonna happen and he's gonna get out and then they chop his head off and you're like what the fuck just happened Happened, like the show the show is all about getting you to the point where you think you know what's going on and then and then it completely changes everything, everything on else, you. Yeah. And it, it does that over and over again because then after Ned Stark dies and you've got the Stark family versus the Lannisters and you're like, okay, now it's the story of Ned Stark's son who's going to get revenge for his father's death. And then you start believing in that, you know, because that's the story that you're now expecting to be told. And then it messes that it messes you up with that one as well, yep. right? And then, and then you think, okay, now it's a story about something else. And that's what I'm saying is like we all currently have an expectation for how the story is going to end. But the history of the show is that it always leads us to think that and then gives us something completely different, yeah. which messes us up. And that's – it's like a roller coaster of a show because you think you know what's going to happen. But the show already – so, you know, it's like the Batman-Superman switching the story on Lex, you know, (laughs) the show, the show leads you down to the path and makes you feel comfortable in that, you know, what's going to happen. And then then it totally blindsides you with something. Yeah. (laughs) And that's to me, you know, that's the joy of watching the show and reading the books. Um, the other joy of, of it is the world building is just spectacular. Like the show, uh, gives you it at a surface level just because it's got, it's limited even though it's got like 10 hours, it's limited in how much it can give you. But the books go into so much of depth and detail around the family, the history, the world, and how it all fits together. It's just like, if if you're still interested in the story, I would recommend reading the books if if you like world world building. I got the books. uh, I got them on my Kindle. (laughs) Yeah. But I, the, the world building was pretty good in the show as, as well, I think, because um, due to the, the set dressing and the cinematography, you got a feeling for the, for the different places, like yeah. King's Landing and, um, and the North. Um, uh, yeah. Being, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. In such contrast. And, and the, all the other kingdoms, like the Mad, the Mad Sisters kingdom, who's still breastfeeding her, her son. Oh yeah, um, the, uh, the the eerie, yeah. All the all the yeah, the, the the visual cues already suggested such a different different history and and developments in those in those domains. Yeah, no, the show actually, and that's what made me excited when I first saw the trailer for the show because I saw the trailer for the show and then I was like, well, I got to read this book before the show comes yeah. out because it just looks awesome and I couldn't wait. Like it looked like a world I wanted to get lost in and I wasn't disappointed. Um, the world building and the, through the set design, through the lighting effects, through the character design as well, uh, the languages, it's yeah. done really, really well. Real. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, they pay a lot of attention to detail. Yeah, the only one I was, yeah, the, the, there's a kingdom called Dawn. I was a little bit disappointed with the way Dawn was shown. You haven't seen it. So it's not shown in season one. It's only shown in like season four yeah. or something. Um, but it was, I mean, it was still pretty good. I was just a little bit disappointed. And I think the reason why I was disappointed was I saw a lot of behind the scenes things with how they shot Dawn and that sequence. And so I'd, I'd known like 
the because pl- what's fun about it is that these places don't exist on Earth, you know, like on our world, yeah. they exist in in Westeros. Um, whereas I'd known where in Spain they shot certain scenes, yeah. so I was like, well, that's just Spain, you know, I I, I can go there one day, <laughs> you know. So it kind of took me out of it, and also the dawn sequences in terms of story and like what was happening there was kind of uh, not as good as what I was expecting in terms of story development. So it did, didn't really go very far. So yep. I was like, eh, I wanted more out of Dawn. Dawn's pretty cool. It's, it's actually one of my favorite locations in the book. So I had a lot of expectation. But anyway, cool. I mean, yeah, I would recommend, I mean, if you can, if you can put up with this, with reading on your Kindle and reading the story, if you want something for good world, world building and stuff, it's great. But, um, yeah, I'm excited anyway. So like I said, I'll, uh, I'll put in, I'll let you know what I think of the current season without trying to give away any spoilers. <laughs> you can spoil me. I, I have no problem with spoilers. I'm beyond spoilers. Okay. <laughs> I am beyond spoilers. <laughs> All right, cool. So the last thing that we had on our list was actually some comic recommendations. Did, did you want to, did you want to let us or try to convince me? So I'm trying to convince you about Game of Thrones. So <laughs> you can flip the script. Well, well what, what do you think I should be, I should be reading? What should you be Currently. reading? Well, everybody should be reading Master Keaton, which I talked about in the first episode. Oh, yeah. The, the, the manga about the insurance guy, because the sixth volume came out recently. <laughs> and I wanted and to... It, it continues to be good? Yeah, it's, it's awesome. I wanted to, to stretch out the reading experience as long as possible, but I couldn't manage it yeah. beyond two days. <laughs> and then I was... Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Only, I only read a chapter... Uh, during breakfast and it's like uh, six or seven chapters in the book but on the second day I gave in oh, wow. <laughs> I read through the whole thing I just read the whole thing <laughs> yeah now it, it, it sounds it sounds promising so I'm um, I'm probably going to look that up yeah it's, it's, re- it's really so nice so I'm trying to I'm trying to read uh, the Expanse series now so the, you yeah, know, yeah, I don't know if you, you know, talked about it in sci-fi show yeah yeah so I'm trying to catch up with the books on, on that one um, so after I finish this one off, I'll, tr- I'll get to um, some comics, I think, because it's been a while since I've read comics. So Master Keaton, definitely on the list. Master Keaton, yeah. Um, then Transformers versus G.I. Joe. Uh, now, this one is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but, but you think definitely worth reading? Yeah, it's worth reading because they threw out all the continuity of both franchises. Uh, and it's Tom Scioli on, on artwork and he does this, um, you know, it looks like a very talented kid drew a comic with crayons. Oh, really? Yeah. And it, <laughs> it has the most, ins- not, not insane, but it feels like an art house movie. Like you're watching an art house movie with right. Transformers and, and GI Joe, and it has no regards for the continuity of either franchise. So it's. How do they, how do they, I mean, do they even explain how these two character worlds came together? Yeah, uh, Cybertron is invading Earth and the G.I. Joes oh, and, are fighting back. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like something I'd be interested in then. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to like, so Cybertron, including the Autobots, like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Megatron has, to, has won the war and. All right. Optimus is dead, and right. uh, a few Autobots hide in in Metroplex, who's not a city but a, a starfish, a giant starfish making his way on on Cybertron. <laughs> okay, it's, it's just 
it's such ideas. It, you know, and like, it's, it's it feels experimental, yeah. like an outhouse movie. And it's <laughs> packed yeah. full of content. You're like, I if you read an issue and you feel like you've read a trade because some some stories are are, are resolved in a matter of a of a panel. Wow. <laughs> Nice. Okay. Interesting. It's awesome. All right. Definitely want to look at Is it a multi-part or is it just like a one-shot? It it ends with issue 13 in two months. Right. So I so guess we get three trades out of it. Okay. Cool. All right. So I'll probably wait for the trades. Yeah. Uh, two are already out, I think. Okay. And yeah, Gem and the Hologram. And the art's good, right? So, yeah. The art. So you said the... The art is like a crayon painting, but yeah. good. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> crayon, crayon painting didn't sell it to me, but from <laughs> uh, the picture that you posted on your either Instagram or Tiny Letter, I'm yeah. not sure. It looked, it looked, it looked interesting. It looked cool. Yeah, and it, you know, it's it's insane because it's uh, Fortress Maximus and Scorponok uh, putting their tanks out and acting as yeah. a ramp for Scarlet and. Uh, the mute ninja. The mute ninja, yeah. Uh, um, Snake eyes. Snake eyes. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's my it's favorite GI Joe character. <laughs> yeah, he gets treated very well, very transcended in in that really? book. Yeah, it's, I, cool. I can't put it into words. It's it's such a a weird experience. It's it's like watching an an art house movie. You have no idea what's going on. You're trying to keep yeah. up with it. But you're just loving the visual spectacle. As yeah, well. it's it's such a uh, it's such a wholesome book, and it's the best. Um, it's the best example uh, of the of the conundrum that fanboys are in, because we want yeah. something new, and then we get something entirely new, and then we don't like what we got. You know, we we scream <laughs> for pie, and we didn't like the pie. Yes. Two Force Awakens. Make it look exactly like the other one. <laughs> yeah, two Force <laughs> We don't want episode one, two, and three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we'll complain that it's too much like episode four. Anyway, continue. Uh, Gem and the Holograms. Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> oh, awesome as ever. It's That's my... That, that book is... I shouldn't like this book, you know? <laughs> I feel like I, I shouldn't like it, but it's so awesome. I enjoy this- every issue. Is this your Teen Wolf? Yes. <laughs> no, Disney, Disney's Violetta is my Teen Wolf because my niece is watching it and now I'm, I'm watching yeah. the third season and I've worked at, at, the, at the gig. They had, they had a live show mm-hmm. uh, last year in September and one of the guys was practicing his German and was walking backstage and shouted, I love you in German. Uh, but he didn't see me and he ended up standing before me and shouting, I love you at me. <laughs> and I just told him, and I love you too. And we shook hands and I'm still waiting for him to call me. <laughs> oh, I give, I give, I give. And I, yeah, don't get anything I get nothing back in, in return. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, cool. And um, on your last update in your tiny letter, you also had a, Three CPO, uh, yep. C3PO um, um, comic as well. That looked rather interesting. I was very intrigued yeah, at that one. It was, Is that going to be on your top five recommendation list as well? Yes. Yeah. 
N- now it is. Okay. No. <laughs> because I'll, it, it, it looked like you weren't going to notice it. Uh, sorry. It looked like you weren't going to mention it. I need coffee. No, no. Uh, because <laughs> I thought, you know, uh, I'm, I mentioned a series, a, a whole series instead of just a one shot. But if you like Star Wars and if you want to know where C3PO's red arm comes from, you should yeah. read it because it's also a very interesting um, dissection of the the place that droids have in the Star Wars universe, uh, especially right. in terms of, of their memory, because uh, erase their memories gets thrown around pretty often in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. 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 And that red arm is, I don't want to spoil it, that red arm is just more uh, than a, a cosmetic change. It, it really means something to C-3PO at least in, in, in this state of, of memory right. that he's in. Interesting. All right. No, I'm, I'll, I, I, that's just a one shot, right? Yeah. So I'll definitely look that up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's okay. a great read. Cool. It's a great read. It's a, it's a horror comic with droids, uh, that goes into philosophizing, uh, about memory. Wow. This sounds like some, some one of those deep philosophical anime shows yeah. <laughs> like Evangelion or something. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, no. So, uh, being a one shot, I can just I can just get through that one quickly. I yeah. think so. I I want to know it uh, from the one panel sequence that you posted. It looks that co- conversation, which I I guess was towards the end of yeah. the um of the book, it looked very intriguing. So I I want to see one where the red arm comes from. Obviously, from a plot point of view, but more interested in just where droids fit in and how they relate to one another, that would, that would be quite interesting. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, the, that's all part of the world building for the yeah. Star Wars universe, right? And it's so nice to see C-3PO develop, uh, so yeah. to say. Yeah. Cause he's such a, he's, he's more of a comic relief character yeah. than, than anything. Like he doesn't, does he actually do anything that actually helps? <laughs> Is he just around being awkward, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's, cause I, I R2 is the one that's always hacking into something and like opening up doors and stuff. What does, what does 3PO really do? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, well, he holds the communicator in A New Hope. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. Because R2 has his hands full with hacking stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. All right, cool. All right, so we'll get back to your series recommendations then. Uh, yeah, uh, the last one I, I wanted to recommend is Klaus, which is the origin story of Santa Claus, as told by Grant Morrison. Oh, really? Oh, which is insane. I can only, I have not heard of this one, but I can only imagine. <laughs> it's, it's great. They should make a movie out of, out of this. This, this could make wow. the perfect okay. Christmas movie. Who's, um, who is that a DC? Um, uh, it's with comic or? boom, I think boom or IDW. Okay. But it, okay. Cool. It, it plays out like the dark Knight returns. But Santa Claus returns. Nice. It's, he has to he has to climb out of a pit without rope. Is that what happens? But there is a there is a scene where where somebody enters his home and Claus is sitting on his chair. And he, how did he how did you get in? And he says, "I came in through the chimney." <laughs> of course, I he comes in through the to chimney. I continue to have my tricks. Yeah. <laughs> really should have seen that one coming. really should have seen that one coming. <laughs> uh, that sounds cool. That sounds cool. So um, is it Christmas themed or is it just about like 
is it just kind of happening with Santa Claus as a character, but not really a Christmas theme? So uh, is it set in like he has to deliver the presents by midnight? I don't know. It has a Christmas theme, but they call it uh, y Yule time. Oh, okay. I guess yeah. back to the tradition of the of the northern people of keeping um, mm -hmm. evergreen around. Yeah, uh, and uh, he he makes presents because he dropped some mushrooms and tripped about some aliens, and when he wakes up, he 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 carved uh, action figures and and stuff. He makes wow. action figures. You know, the whole thing is set in a medieval environment and he hands out action figures. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's interesting. It's, um, it's great. I, I can, I mean, Grant Morrison really looks into kind of, you know, the origin and the meaning of these characters in order to craft the stories. So, yeah. so it'll be interesting to see his take on Santa Claus actually. Yeah. It <laughs> should be, you know, for, I, I like, I like the Santa Claus. I mean, my, story that I would like to do with Santa Claus is a dark twisted one is Santa Claus is a serial killer. <laughs> um, and, and the police are like trying to, tr trying to track him down. So it'll be kind of like a serial killer with like the FBI or some agency trying to like hunt down the serial killer. And obviously he comes in through the to gym. The gym. <laughs> <laughs> That's an idea I had. I don't know. It was like, probably some Christmases ago when I was uh, in high school or something. I was like, what if Santa Claus was, well, was a serial killer? <laughs> and recently, uh, they, I think last year, last Christmas, there was a horror movie with Santa Claus as well. There, well, there was a horror movie, a Christmas-themed horror movie um, with the anti-Santa Claus. Like there was a family and there were some kids who were being annoying and the parents are like, if you don't, if you aren't happy during Christmas, then the evil Santa Claus will get you. And I can't remember what it's called and I didn't watch it, but... I was like, that's almost my idea. Wasn't that with a wrestler? <laughs> was it? I, I uh, it was it, it was an actual horror movie. Like it wasn't a parody movie or anything. I don't know. Oh. It may have been with a wrestler. I don't know enough wrestlers, <laughs> except The Rock. <laughs> yeah, me too. These days, I'm completely out of the loop with wrestling, which is yeah. sad. Somehow, sad. Yeah, it took up a very uh, big chunk of my life. Seriously, yeah. you were a, like a WWE fan yeah. back when they nice. were called WWF. <laughs> WWF, so likes like the Undertaker and Hulk yeah. Hogan, and, and I went to a lot of live guys. shows in Germany and oh, Austria. Wow. Well, living in the Southern Hemisphere, we didn't have any live shows. I don't oh, think. Yeah. So I only ever saw. So my cousins used to watch it. Uh, when I was a kid. So I know of the characters, but I've never actually watched it myself. And that's like well, watching it on TV. Um, somebody told me really early on that it was fake. So I didn't really bother. It was more theater at that point. Yeah. And us too, but our, still the, the, the spectacle of the whole thing, you know, modern gladiator fights yeah. for children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As, uh, you know, again, it's, it's entertainment. Yeah. Right? So, pretty fun cool so i think we've actually wrapped up yeah. our agenda today and we did it in a whopping two, two hours yeah. yeah we're gonna um probably have to cut some bits out of our sound quality connection issues in the middle somewhere so we're gonna have to take care of that but otherwise i think pretty good yeah we're pretty well all right so next one will be more of a civil war take right it'll be our dissection of civil war after we've both seen it you haven't got your tickets yet 
No, I haven't booked any tickets yet. I'm still waiting on my schedule. Okay. Cool. I, well, I won't give you any spoilers. That's so nice of you. <laughs> because <laughs> I guess everybody at work and <laughs> the rest of the internet will take care of that. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. Um, I, I, I like to not give spoilers. So, Although I'm, I'm like very specific definition of what a spoiler is. So a spoiler is only something that's actually going to happen in the movie. And everybody knows it's, or, you know, if it's a rumor, it's not a spoiler. No. People give spoiler warnings for rumors or what they think could, could happen. happen like, yeah. if it could happen and nobody knows that it's going to happen for sure, then okay, that's not a spoiler. It's a rumor. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, cool. So... I'm like super hungry now because I did this before having breakfast. Oh, so I'm okay. looking forward to eating something and having more coffee because I clearly need it at this point. And I'm going to get um, supper. Yeah. <laughs> International podcasting. Yeah. Love it. Great times. <laughs> All right. Cool. So thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you next time. See you then. Bye-bye. Well, hear you then. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You can reach us via email at asteroidsinexile at gmail.com. Our blog can be found at asteroidsinexile.wordpress.com. You can find us on Instagram under the username asteroidsinexile. Our intro and outro music comes courtesy of the band Safe States, which you can find on Bandcamp. Thank you for your time. You'll be hearing from us. Again, hands up. Hands up! <laughs>